Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Big Nasty. Yeah, Big Nasty. Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Back at you today for episode 131. And it's officially week three of the NFL 2020 regular season. This Sunday, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are headed up to Denver. And they're going to face a Broncos team that has been picked apart by injury. And we're three weeks into the season. But don't fall asleep on them. Don't do it. Don't do it. We're going to tell you why here shortly. Welcome back to the game preview episode. We're going to preview Sunday's game and much more for you here today on the show. I'm your host, as always, Rhett and Matthew. Joined alongside me, as always, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. Evan, how you doing on this fine Thursday? You know, when you said, like, it's, it's always weird to me. Because people wait so long for football, and then it's already week three. Like tonight, you know, in a few hours, it's the start of week three. Uh, you know, you, you have your annual Jaguars versus Dolphins barn burner, but um, it, it's it, it's insane just how fast a, a season can go. I mean, obviously, we're not done the season yet. There's still a long ways away, but it's just amazing to me. You know, even with, with no preseason or nothing, it just still zooms by, and uh yeah, seems to happen every year. Seems to get faster every year too. So, um, yeah, excited to excited to get this started. I mean, you said you know, the Broncos is only week three. It, technically, for them, it's not even week three yet. They've played two football games, and uh, yeah, the, them and the 49ers, I think, are probably in the worst shape in the NFL when it comes to injuries. So, hopefully, the the Bucks are able to to stay relatively healthy because I mean, these injuries right now to all of these teams. It's uh, it's killer. Absolutely. Now, before we get into the game preview itself, and of course the injury report, we're going to catch you up on some Buccaneer headlines this week. Not a whole lot of news, but some roster acquisitions were made, and here's what they are. On Wednesday, the Buccaneers signed tight end Tanner Hudson to their 53-man roster off of their own practice squad, and they filled him into an open spot that uh, it basically come from waving Mazzy Wilkins. So they also waved Mazzy Wilkins, the cornerback, this week. Um, and some more moves that were made. They also released rookie center Zach Shackelford from the practice squad on Tuesday, but they re-signed him on Wednesday. So there were two other spots open on the 16-man practice squad, and uh, that was due to Tanner Hudson being signed and Mazzy Wilkins being waived, or actually, I think Mazzy Wilkins' promotion to play last week is what made that hole, but I guess it doesn't matter because he's not here anymore. But... Those two spots on the practice squad went to cornerback Ross Cockrell and tight end Daniel Helm, who were both signed this week. Evan, uh, what are your thoughts on these guys? 
you know, for a practice squad, I think Allman uh, said this, Greg Allman, I think he said it too. For a practice squad, getting a guy like Ross Cockrell is, uh, or Ross, I guess you say, yeah, Ross, uh, whatever. Um, it's a pretty big get for a practice squad. Um, I mean, I, I think if these this is correct, I believe uh, a PFF, according to Pro Football Focus, in 2019, uh, Cockrell had the eighth lowest NFL pass rating against for for a cornerback, uh, 68.1. He was like decent last year at times, and like he's been a solid player. So I think I'm kind of surprised. I guess they really like. They must really like Parnell Motley and must really think that maybe they would lose him if they put him on the practice squad because uh, I don't see a reason why this guy shouldn't be on the main roster. Um, But, I mean, at at this stage, he's probably better than Parnell Motley, I think. But, man, I mean, yeah, it's an impressive get for the practice squad. Um, Really is. I mean, the tight end they got is what it is. I mean, that's not a a big deal. But, I mean, yeah, getting a guy like Cockrell is – pretty significant he actually he he picked off uh the bucks last year in london um which it seemed like a net game almost every panther did but uh you know he's a solid player he's 29 years old so he's not going to be a guy that's 23 24 and coming in going to save the day and i can't even if he's actually promoted the active roster he's not going to save the day but it's solid depth for a team that needs it i'm surprised they were able to get him on the practice squad yeah, definitely a good acquisition for the Buccaneers practice squad. And I mean, you know, while he isn't a stud at the end of the day, getting a solid player like that is definitely a good feeling for the depth side of things. You know, we talked during the offseason about the whole contingency plan. What are going to happen if teams have to, you know, just kind of, I don't know, halfway through the season, reorganize things because you've got several players out due to one reason or another. Um, but having a guy like that on the practice squad definitely is good looks. And that Bucks practice squad, there are definitely some guys there worth hanging on to, and I'm glad that they're in Tampa Bay. Now, let's go ahead and move on. We're going to get into the game preview itself, but before we break down how these teams stack up, I want to go over the latest injury report. Now, as far as I know, the injury report for today, Thursday, September 24th, that we're recording this, has not come out. So I'm going to be reading off of Wednesday's injury report. Evan, if you're able to confirm with me here in a second, I'm going to go ahead and start on these. So these are subject to change, but I think a lot of these we know the results of what's going to be happening after practice today. So let's just get into it for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wide receiver Chris Godwin with a concussion is full participation. He practiced again today, and uh, that is some damn good news for the Buccaneers because Chris Godwin practicing this week. Mike Evans practicing healthy this week means that for the first time this season, both of those guys are going to be on the field, hopefully 100% healthy. So having Chris Godwin back in the mix is definitely a good thing for this Bucks team. Yeah. And I mean, you're exactly right that, you know, the first time this season that they're going to be healthy, both, um, you know, I think Mike Evans showed on Sunday that his hamstring is good. Uh, I think he showed you on that 50-yard uh, pass there from uh, Tom Brady that his his hamstring's all right. So, um, yeah, I, I think uh, it should only benefit him. I mean, you know, Godwin had a really good game in New Orleans and then was hit late. Uh, and then Mike Evans had a really good game against Carolina. So hopefully now you can put those two together and they, they can replicate some of the things they did last year where, I mean, really they were, they were the offense pretty much. So, 
Absolutely. Now, moving on down the line on this injury report, another wide receiver pops up. It's number 10, Scotty Miller, with a hip-slash-groin injury. He was limited participation in practice. Now, do you know his status today by chance? I believe he was practicing. Uh, I, I would expect him to to play. So Yeah, I think Scotty Miller is going to end up showing up, suiting up, and uh, being a role in that offense this Sunday. Over on the defensive side of the ball, outside linebacker Jason Pierre-Paul with a knee injury was limited participation. He'll be good to go come Sunday. Next one is offensive tackle Donovan Smith with a knee injury. He was limited participation, and another one of those guys that I truly believe is going to be good to go come Sunday. And this last name on the injury list I think is the odd man out. I don't think he plays Sunday, and uh, it's because he didn't practice today either. But that's wide receiver Justin Watson with a shoulder injury. He was limited participation yesterday, and again, I believe did not practice today. Yeah, yeah, he didn't. I don't believe he practiced yesterday either. I think I, I looked at the injury report, and it said limited, but I don't believe he practiced yesterday. So uh, I really don't think he did. Um, it well, says I mean, shoulder. I, I, I remember week one when Mike Evans was doing individual drills with um, – with you know a trainer outside of practice he was still listed as limited that day i believe right i i think but i mean pewter report and greg allman i think both said they didn't see him yesterday um so i mean i don't know i just yeah you don't believe he was practicing today uh it says shoulder i thought it might have been a wrist because if you guys remember he on the third down he dropped the ball and he sort of fell pretty hard on his wrist and it looked pretty painful so i wasn't sure uh but yeah, I would, if I had to guess, I would say he's probably out, and, and this could maybe be a debut of Tyler Johnson, maybe. That was um, that was going to be my follow-up question with Justin yeah. Watson not being there. Do we finally see some Tyler Johnson this week? I, I think he could. It all depends. A lot of people were, were questioning when Surreal Grayson was, in, was on the team and, and Tyler Johnson wasn't against Carolina. And the big thing is that Tyler Johnson – I mean, you want to talk about rookies not really having a shot. Tyler Johnson didn't have a barely any training camp. Yeah. Uh, he was dealing with that soft tissue injury the whole time that really kept him out. And then, I mean, he just might not be ready yet, you know? Uh, with no preseason or anything like that, he's just a guy that may not be ready. And maybe, I know Bruce Arians had said there were some rookies that showed up to camp out of shape. Maybe Tyler Johnson was one of those guys. I'm not saying he is. I'm just speculating here. Um, so maybe he was one of those guys, which is kind of understandable with no off season program, really, uh, no real chance to speak to a team nutritionist or anything like that. You're sort of on your own. Uh, so maybe he was one of those guys and that led to the injury. I, I will see if he's ready. If he's ready, I don't see a reason why he wouldn't be in. Um, if he's not in, I would just assume that, Hey, they think he needs another week or two. Um, so basically, I mean, with Godwin coming in, uh, Justin Watson going out won't impact much. I think Surreal Grace would probably be the guy that's in. Oh, uh, you might see a little bit, maybe a little bit of Jada Mickens uh, at receiver. I don't really think you saw that at all on Sunday. So uh, maybe, you know, like they saw Surreal Grayson at receiver. Maybe they'll give Mickens a shot at receiver. But I would guess, yeah, Watson, if you're not practicing today, it's, it's not likely that you're going to play. And, you know, like you said, Mike Evans being limited in practice that one time that he was seen on trainers with the trainers or whatever, but wasn't really practicing. Mike Evans is a little bit different than Justin Watson. So uh, I don't really think I think the Bucks kind of pushed Mike Evans to play in that game on, uh, in New Orleans. 
I don't think the Bucks are going to be pushing Justin Watson. So Yeah, that's very, very true. Now, you brought up the role that would be filled with Justin Watson not playing, and you brought up Tyler Johnson. I know we talked endlessly during the offseason and even during training camp. You know, it, it's it's a tough year to be a rookie. It really, really is. So if Tyler Johnson shows up week three against Denver and he doesn't look ready, well, you also kind of have to remember that at this point, if you're a rookie and you haven't really gotten any reps, it's kind of trial by fire. I mean, I think there's no other way to put it. Yeah, maybe you can get some practice reps during the week. There is nothing that's going to replicate being on the field under the lights in an NFL football game. So we'll see what happens. But I'd like to see Tyler Johnson. And if it doesn't work out, I would like to see Jadon Mickens at wide receiver. Personally, he isn't doing too much for me at a returner position. Um, he looks a little timid back there. Somebody else had pointed that out on one of our older episodes. And I, I agree. You know, I just... I think it might be time to move on from Jadon Mickens as a returner, but I would love to see if he has any potential out of the receiving position. Now let's take a look at this other team's injury report, and good God, is it a long one. Now I'm going to tell you about the big ones that you already know about. This Broncos team is missing a lot of big pieces. I mean, they've got defensive ends, Draymond Jones, Demarcus Walker. Those guys are missing time. And then out for the season, they've got wide receiver Cortland Sutton, Defensive end Vaughn Miller, and then starting cornerback who they just signed from Jacksonville, A.J. Bowie. So, oh man, I, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it more in the game preview. Let's finish up this injury report. But here is the latest from the Broncos. Cornerback Devontae Harris with a hamstring injury did not participate at practice. Running back Phillip Lindsay with a foot injury did not participate. Quarterback Drew Locke, who's going to be missing a couple of weeks with a right shoulder injury, did not participate. He won't be playing Sunday. Defensive end Jarrell Casey with an elbow injury, limited participation yesterday at practice. Defensive end Shelby Harris with a neck injury, limited participation yesterday. Rookie wide receiver Jerry Judy with a rib injury, limited participation at practice yesterday. And safety Trey Marshall bringing up the rear with a hip and wrist injury, limited participation yesterday as well. So I'd say most of those limited guys have a good chance of playing this week. I think you're going to see Jerry Judy suit up. You know, the way that he put it from uh, some of the conferences I had seen him have, he said, you know, it wasn't necessarily a big hit. It was just a hit that got me right where it needed to get me is the way that he put it. So I'm expecting him to suit up. I mean, he's still got a lot to prove and having that rookie out there is definitely going to be something that this offense will be leaning on. So the Broncos they're just beat up, dude. They're beat up. But let's say this. They're missing Drew Locke. So the Broncos lost second-year starting quarterback Drew Locke, a guy who showed a lot of promise, and uh, they're going to lose him to a few weeks. So they're turning to second-stringer Jeff Driscoll to face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, I know that the Broncos signed Blake Bortles this week. Evan, I, I don't think we see Blake Bortles take on the Bucs. I just think the time frame is way too short. Why? I just don't understand. I think people saw that they signed a quarterback, saw that they recognized the Blake Bortles name, and just assumed and just forgot about anything else that's like a thing in football, and just especially this year, and just assumed that oh he'll just he'll just start. Okay, so the Bucks are gonna be facing him. No, the dude has to take three COVID tests. I don't even think he can join the team until tomorrow. So we're recording this on Thursday. He can't even join a team until Friday, and then he has to learn an entire playbook. The dude's not playing. If Driscoll gets hurt, the third string will come in and it won't be Bortles. Like, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, the dude is not playing at all. I don't even know if he'll be active on Sunday. Uh, so, yeah, he, you're, you're not going to see any of him. 
Yeah, so Jeff Driscoll taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, this Denver team, we talked about the injuries. They've played a part in an 0-2 start for this squad, but the Broncos have not been losing these games very easily. They played the Titans, and they played the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're holding their own. Like, they lost both of those games, I believe, within one possession. And we've talked about how the Bucs were doing that last year. And, you know, if you flip it, then they go a great record, great playoff run, all that stuff. So what I'm trying to say is that this Broncos team, while they are beat up, they're still efficient. They're putting points on the board. And you got to look out for them. I mean, you just cannot sleep on these guys. Because if you fall asleep and you expect an easy win in the NFL, we see it happen all the time. You know what I mean? And this has upset written all over it if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go into this game just expecting a win. Like, you you have to be ready. Well, I think I, I think you're, you chose maybe a wrong set of words there because I think that's what they need to do. I think you, they need to do it every game. They need to expect the win. But oh, well, what, well, they, what they can't do is they can't say we don't have to play great to win. Right. No, I get that. I I appreciate the correction. Thank you. So, yeah, Denver has lost their first two games. Combined in those games, combined, they've lost by a total of seven points. They lost by five against Pittsburgh and two against Tennessee. So they're playing some close games. Now I know that Tennessee, they had Drew Locke. um, I believe they had A.J. Boye. Uh, they had some. They had those guys, and then against Pittsburgh, they didn't. But Pittsburgh's, I think, a better team than Tennessee, and that game was in Pittsburgh, and they gave Pittsburgh a run for their money a little bit. So this Denver team is definitely not one that the Bucks kids can't go in here and think, okay, well, we got it. You know what this reminds me of? And this is going to be super random. You're going to piss a lot of people off probably. Uh, no, I don't think so. Because it, it was a, it was it was a good result. So okay. I don't think All I right. am. That's fair. Uh, this reminds me kind of of the now. If you go back to the 2016 season, we oh, all I remember thought, that. Fi- I that thought five you were going to say 2014. What? Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, 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 no! I'm not bringing that up. There was <laughs> nothing good about that. Uh, go back to that 2016 season. You all remember the five game win streak, but there was a win in that season against the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers were coached by Chip Kelly. They were a horrible football team. I believe at the time they were like 1-5 or 1-6, something like that. And the Bucks were on the road, just like they are now. It was on the West Coast, just like it is. And uh, the Bucks went down, and that game, the Bucks were supposed to win, right? They were supposed to win the game. Colin Kaepernick was the starting quarterback for the 49ers. And all of a sudden, the 49ers got 14 nothing. And you're thinking, oh boy, but the Bucks rallied back, tied it at 14, and I think they ended up winning 34 to 17 or something. So that sort of gives me this kind of vibe that like the Bucks just can't. I feel like the Bucks in that early part of that San Francisco game. This is the point I'm trying to make. They felt like they were just better and that they didn't need to show up as much. They get down 14 nothing, and all of a sudden, oh wow, we got to play. Exactly. Yeah, still have to play the game. They should win this football game. And I predicted them to lose this football game in the season prediction show. However, I think you got to put an asterisk next to it because, man, didn't expect the the Broncos to be missing their number one wide receiver, their number one quarterback, their number one cornerback, one of their running backs. It's it's rough. And Von Miller. Wasn't expecting all that. So um, 
I definitely think they need to go in here and, and take care of business. And I like what Bruce Arians said. Basically, you know, they haven't done anything yet. So why, you know, if you overlook this team, that's unacceptable. Um, and, and that's, you know, playoff teams, they win this game no matter what, right? Playoff teams, we talked about with Trevor, and I believe James as well, we talked about a little bit. This year's got to be beating the teams you're supposed to beat. Now, if the Broncos were completely healthy, I think this game is, I think these two teams are very close if the Broncos are completely healthy. They aren't. So the Buccaneers are the better team. Win the game. Just just come out with the win. Beat the teams you're supposed to. Take care of business and go home. Don't overlook it. Because if you do, it's you're, you're going to be in the headlines on Monday morning, but it's going to be for the wrong reasons. Yeah, you just got to go in there and get your job done. So let's take a look at this Broncos team from top to bottom. I want to look at the offense first, and I'll tell you first and foremost, a guy that I am somewhat worried about because it seems like guys in this position always seem to give Tampa Bay problems. That's their tight end, Noah Fant. He was drafted 20th overall in 2019, and um, he's been a favorite target for um, – it, it really doesn't even matter who's under center with Denver. It, you know, Drew Locke was throwing it to him a lot. Jeff Driscoll is definitely throwing him the ball a lot. And he's not just any tight end. He's a tight end that I guess a lot of people could compare to O.J. Howard. He's a tight end with 4-5 speed. I mean, that could be a pretty long day for the Bucks defense if, uh, simply put, they just don't get this guy under wraps. Yeah, and that wasn't an issue really against Carolina. Carolina used to have Greg Olson all them years, and now who definitely doesn't have four or five speed. Let's remind yeah, everybody of that. No, for sure. But <laughs> he um, always found a way to be fifteen yards open, dude. It used to piss me off so bad. He'd uh, walk his old ass just, out to the middle of the field and just sit. It's basically like Jason Witten too. Like Jason Witten's not gonna wow you with anything, but he just gets open. Um, that's how they made a living. So basically, uh, in New Orleans, they played Jared Cook. And I thought they did a decent job on Jared Cook. Obviously, they had the one that you're going to look at, the coverage breakdown, yep. whatever. Carolina doesn't really have a tight end threat. So now you're playing, I think, the best tight end you've played all year in Noah Fant, and you got to play good. This is where you got to look at Devin White, Levante David, because they're going to be matched up with Noah Fant some of the time. And then, but you mainly got to look at Jordan Whitehead and Antoine Winfield. Both guys were fantastic on Sunday. Whitehead had a bad game in New Orleans, rebounded huge in Carol, uh, against Carolina. Both those guys have to play good, and they got to shut him down. If you shut him down, you know, the Broncos' offense is largely, honestly, going to be probably Noah Fanton, Melvin Gordon for the most part. You shut one of those two things down, I like your chances. You let him go off and do it every once against you, it could be a long day, and it could be one of them flashback days where you're expecting the Bucks defense to do good. They've played good all year, but then they give up you know, three touchdowns and 300 yards to Driscoll because Noah Fant has 10 catches for 120 yards, and you, just, you can't stop him. So there, it's definitely going to be a task for the safeties, uh, and, and they're going to have to play good. It's, it's a big matchup. And like you said, it's sort of like an O.J. Howard type. He's he's a very good athlete that's playing tight end. This isn't some, you know, even Jared Jared Cook doesn't have 4-4, four, 4-5 four, four, speed. You know, he doesn't have that type of speed. Um, Noah Fan's a completely different animal. And, yeah, they, they got to do a really good job. Because now, especially with Courtney Sutton out, it's going to go, a lot of targets are going to go to him, so. 
Yeah, absolutely. Now, another guy you brought up on that offense I wanted to bring up as well. That's running back Melvin Gordon, a free agent acquisition that they had this offseason. Um, what are your thoughts on Melvin Gordon? You know, you brought up that this offense is primarily probably going to run through him and, of course, a little bit of Noah Fant as well. But you look at Melvin Gordon, he's an all right rusher, but he definitely gets his money in the receiving game. So how do you expect them to come out and just play him this Sunday? So when I looked at the film, I saw that they tried to get Melvin Gordon involved in the passing game a lot, and I think they're going to do that too here. I think they're going to see that, you know, the Bucks gave up a few yards of McCaffrey through the air, uh, and they gave up most of the yards that Kamara got were through the air. So uh, I think they're going to try to get Gordon involved. And, I mean, he had this great, like, wheel route for a touchdown the other day. Driscoll threw a dime. Perfect pass. I think they got to be on the lookout, and that's going to be mostly the linebackers. That's going to be Levante David and Devin White. I understand that Devin White had – a you know a big tackle day right stat number day leading tackler in the nfl i mean it wasn't just a big tackle day he's he's numero uno on top of that stat list right now yeah but here's the debbie downer part of it it's week three well and i don't think he was that great i think he was much better in new orleans he missed some he missed some tackles that he normally doesn't miss uh, he took some bad angles, took some weird angles. I think he was much better in New Orleans. So he's going to have to be better this week than he was last week if he's if he's going to um, – I still think he was good, uh, but he, he wasn't that as good as New Orleans. So. I, you know, I had heard some other people. I chimed in, listened to the uh, PewterCast live call show after the game, and I know Ren Dax had brought it up, and I don't know if people crapped on him for it or what. Um, but he brought up that he really was not impressed with Devin White in the second half of last Sunday's game. So I, I can definitely agree with you that uh, maybe he did fall off that second half. But, you know, we know that he has the potential. He, he's definitely oh, yeah. a solid part of that defense. And as of right now, a lot of it runs through him. Um, so mm-hmm. you're definitely going to want him to show up on Sunday. But, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I think you're not the only one who saw that as well. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a big task for the linebackers. I think uh, – I, I still think the, the run defense was a little leaky on Sunday, I think, at times. Yeah. Um, and part of it was, I think, Devin White missing some tackles. Uh, so he's got to play good. I think if you're able to shut down Gordon in a run game, I know the Broncos definitely don't want to have Driscoll pass, you know, 35, 40 times. So if you can do that, you're playing right into the Bucks' hands and they can just – their pass rushers can just tee off. So uh, another person – uh, two players I'm looking at. Obviously, Corton Sutton's down, but I'm looking at Jerry Judy, of course. Uh, number 15th overall pick. Considered by many as the best wide receiver in the draft this past year. And he fell. Uh, really, a lot of people maybe thought he was going top 10. I mean, he thought a team would trade up for him. And he fell to the Broncos, and he played a solid game. I think Driscoll, obviously, Sutton was in the game. But Driscoll definitely looked for Judy a whole lot more, I think. So they seem to have decent chemistry. And maybe that's because during camp, maybe Driscoll got a uh, you know a little bit a lot of work with the twos. Judy got some work with the twos. So I think you gotta you gotta be able to watch out for that. Secondary's gonna have to do their job. And also KJ Hamler. Uh, KJ Hamler, the the speedster, who was, I believe, drafted this year as well. Uh, he is a guy that 
can, can burn you deep. And I think the, the Bucks are really going to have to be keep an eye on that because I don't think Denver's going to take too many shots in this game, but I think when they do, I think Hamler will be the guy they, they look to get it done with. So uh, another guy like Tim Patrick, Tim he's kind of underrated. Um, I think they, they need to pay attention to him. So even though... Corlin Sutton's out, and that's a big loss. That is a huge loss for this Denver offense because so much of what they do revolves around Sutton. But even though he's gone, I still think they have some. It's sort of like Carolina, like they don't have like, and obviously their guys are much more inexperienced than Carolina's, and Carolina's as young as is. But I think it's underrated. And Carolina had some success through the air against the Bucs that the Saints really didn't. So uh, I think they're going to have to play good. Uh, I think that, you know, there's other factors that them playing good. I think the defensive line, this Broncos O-line, Rhett, I think uh, you, might need, you, might, you might need an ambulance for, for Driscoll <laughs> after that, man, because this O-line and Driscoll, the thing about him is – when he's under pressure, he's not good. But if you give him time, like most quarterbacks, he's going to be able to make a throw. He's not, like, horrible to where, like, some backups on some teams, yeah. You could say, oh, my God. He started a few games for Cincinnati last year, if I remember. Yeah. Like, he's yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, he was, he was in Detroit, and then, he, yeah, he played a few games for Detroit. I believe he, uh, oh, no, he didn't. No, that was Joey Blau that played on Thanksgiving. I was, I was thinking Driscoll was the guy that played for Detroit on Thanksgiving, but that mm. wasn't him. Uh, so yeah, definitely he's, he's not Driscoll's first game. rodeo. No, he's I believe he's one and seven as a starter. So yeah, one win, but um, it's definitely not something to overlook. Also, he can do stuff with his legs. They ran a lot of play action rollout stuff uh, against Pittsburgh. I'd expect them to maybe do it again, get him moving because behind that O line, you don't want to have him sit there too long. So I think they're gonna want to do that. So I think the Bucks need to really keep their contain. Um, I predicted, of course, on the Monday show, I predicted that Sha- uh, Shaq Barrett was going to get two sacks, and I'm sticking with that. I think Shaq Barrett is going to come in, face his former team, who he was with for four years, and they let him walk, which I can't really blame him. I mean, they got Von Miller and Bradley Chubb as their two pass rushers. There's just, there's not much room for, for Barrett there. but um, so they, they let him walk, and I think, you know, I mean, what was the Levante David, I think, said that he's been so focused, or so I think he's the one who said that, and I believe it. Uh, I think Barrett really wants to, you know, stick it to the Broncos, and two sacks coming for Shaq Barrett against the horrible uh, Broncos offensive line. So I think secondary's underrated, but as you saw on Sunday, pressure, whether it's Teddy Bridgewater, whether it's Jeff Driscoll, pressure will make pretty much any quarterback look bad and bucks didn't get enough pressure on drew Brees, in new orleans they got plenty of pressure on teddy bridgewater against carolina and hopefully they'll be able to continue it here absolutely i'm expecting a big day for this buccaneers defense but i want to take a look at this denver defense before we talk about tampa bay expectations for this sunday so two guys one of them you had just mentioned but two guys that stand out to me on that denver defense are star safety justin simmons um, he actually just signed a long-term deal, I think, last summer. And then, of course, they've got outside linebacker Bradley Chubb, the fifth overall pick in the 2018 draft. I know you were a pretty big fan of that kid. He missed most of last season with a torn ACL, but his rookie year, he put up 12 sacks. So he definitely so has the potential. Doesn't have yeah, a sack he... this year yet, though. Well, 
now he's due for five. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> just because you said that. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Chubb was, yeah, he was uh, a guy that was my number one target. Uh, that was the year where the Bucks traded back and got Vita Vea. But the three, if you remember, were Saquon Barkley, Bradley Chubb, and Quentin Nelson. Wherever you look back on it, if the, any of them were that seven, I think the Bucks probably couldn't go wrong besides drafting a running back in the top ten. But, yeah. Um, a running back I mean, who is not playing this year. Okay, well, y- y- you can't factor in injuries, so uh, you can't. You can't. I, I, you know, yeah, I take the, it back. The, Sorry, the Bucks. The, the Bucks aren't going to play Saquon Barkley at Week Eight versus the Giants, and they didn't play him Week Three. Or yeah, it was Week Three last year versus the Giants. Really, I, I mean, what, he played was, the first quarter. When did right? he get so, injured? It was first quarter. It was like the first or second. It was like the first quarter or early in the second quarter. Most of the game he wasn't in. Yeah, because that was the big thing. Like. How do you lose to this Giants team being up 18 and Saquon Barkley's out? So now, you know, I mean, they're, again, not going to play Barkley. It's kind of crazy. But, um, yeah, I, I think uh, Bradley Chubb is just such a weapon. And losing Von Miller, of course, kills this defense. This defense is lethal with those two guys on either side rushing. I mean, that's just, that's such a luxury. And now they got Jarrell Casey up the middle, who I believe they got for what, like a sixth round pick or something this year? Like, what is Tennessee thinking? Um, yeah, their defensive line still has some talent, even with Von Miller gone. And Bradley Chubb's a big reason why. So I believe, I think it's going to be Worfs going up against Chubb. I think Chubb rushes from that side. So it's not going to be Donovan Smith. Um, so, I mean, hey, rookie, <laughs> you got Cam Jordan week one. Week two is a little bit lighter. Week three, we're right back to the gauntlet. So I got faith uh, in Tristan Wirfs, and I got faith in this offensive line as a whole. Now, I, I do want to say, mm. I, I do want to say, good week for them last week. I, I don't think we talked enough about it on against the show. A, yeah, but against a very weak Panthers yes, defensive line. Absolutely. But, but, they had a good week, but, but let's not forget to note that. I mean, there's a defensive line that wasn't good to begin with and was missing Yatir Grossmatos and Kawan Short. So Yeah, but I think the expectations for this Sunday are obviously going to be the same. Like, you, you just – you got to keep pressure off of Brady. You know, we've talked about it before. When that offensive line does its job, that's when this – I think that's when any offense plays its best, but you give Brady time in the pocket. That's all he needs, baby. So, you know, you know why the Ravens and Broncos always seem to have the Patriots number like from like 2015 to like 2018, really Brady does not have a good record against the Broncos. I believe they're the only team in the NFL that he is negative against, but it's that pressure, dude. Yeah, exactly. The Ravens and the Broncos are the only teams that can consistently hit him. They, they're 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 the only teams that consistently hit that guy, and it's going to be the same story on Sunday. If Tom Brady is getting hit every play, I don't like the Bucks' chances. Um, it may not be the prettiest game, but I don't like the Bucks' chances if every time he's getting hurried or hit or you know you saw what he could do with a clean pocket. I believe he had a ninety-one point nine pass rating or something like that with a clean pocket. Um, it's yeah, it's really. Really good. Uh, yeah, Brady has – I just looked it up. So Brady has an 8-9 and nine overall record against the Broncos, which includes his 1-3 and three postseason mark. So if you take out – actually, during a regular season, he's actually 7-6 uh, and six against them during the regular season. So um, he last visited Denver and played against the Broncos in 2017 when the Patriots eased to a 41-16 win. So his last one was pretty good, but uh, – 
Yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to see what happens. Uh, of course, I mean, protecting him is big, but I think uh, maybe developing a run game is big too. Yeah, definitely. We'll talk about that here in a second. But taking a look at this Buccaneers offense, I wanted to talk about your expectations for this Sunday. You know, we talked a little bit earlier about Mike Evans and Chris Godwin being back. I think that's going to do wonders for Brady, just continuing to build chemistry with this offense. But I kind of like it, you know, so. Basically, he threw to Godwin a bunch week one and then was able to throw to Evans a bunch week two. So he yeah. got chemistry with both of them and didn't have to worry about one or the other. Yeah, most definitely. But, you know, with that being said, we talked about the run game getting developed. What are your expectations for this offense? What do they have to do well this Sunday? I mean, I like I like the, the style that they have right now. I like the, like Trevor referenced, the bullpen, right? Uh, Jones, the starter. And then you have McCoy in on, on third down. And then you have Fournette in late third quarter. And then the whole fourth quarter, take it home, right? Take it home, brother. Sweep it on up. Uh, you know, just keep doing it. I mean, if, if it works, um, if it doesn't work on Sunday, I, I hope you adjust. Also, if you're not a, in an opportunity to close a game, I hope you don't say, oh, Fournette's the guy. No, like, he's our closer. He's in. No, like... If you're down three in, in the fourth quarter and you think Jones or McCoy is a better option, don't keep Fournette in there if he can't get it going. Um, just because you say he's your closer. No, I, I think I, I think they would. They would adjust. But, I mean, Bucks are up 10 in the fourth quarter. Hand it off to Fournette. Just, yeah. just, let, him, just let him do it. Uh, obviously not every play, but 90% of the time, man, I'm handing it off. The big issue with Carolina last week, which I'm not sure how Denver's going to roll just because it's a different quarterback, but um, Carolina, I don't think the Bucks were really threatened by Carolina's ability to score because every drive took so long. Yeah. When Carolina was able to kick the field goal to make it a seven-point game, there was two minutes left on the clock. Like it just it, it took so long for Carolina to score, and I think that had a factor in it of the Bucks who said, "Hey, we're gonna run it, and we're gonna waste some clock." But Carolina, we know, is gonna take at least four to five minutes to score, so we're not gonna rush it too much. So we're not gonna go out passing and stuff like that, try to stop the clock for them. And I think this could be a potential same matchup kind of Bucks get up early, maybe not. I don't think as big. I don't think they'll be up twenty-one nothing, but. And then do they just hold on? I think maybe Denver surges a little bit, but Bucks hold on. Bucks get a few key runs from Fournette here and there, a few, uh, few key first downs, and uh, are able to, to bring it home, hopefully. So I think that's a big key. I would stick with what works, and I, I think right now the, the bullpen is, is sort of the, the best option for them currently. I wanted to ask you your opinion on something because I've heard you mention it a few times. I think you might have brought it up once or twice on the last show, but you said that expe- uh, expectations for this Denver game, you're not expecting a high-scoring game. And I mean, in the sense of high-scoring, in my opinion, high-scoring is over 30 points for either team. I think the average NFL score, you're going to score anywhere between 20 and 30 on a good day, but high-scoring to me is over 30 points. What stops this team, do you think, from uh, – I don't know from from scoring big. Well, it's a it's a Denver defense. I still think has talent. Uh, I know they're missing Boye. I know they're missing Miller. Uh, but they got talent. They they still do. And the secondary, Justin Simmons is just a stud uh, uh, safety. Um, I know Tom Brady's going to try to look him off a bunch, but he's going to be matched up with with Gronk or OJ or something like that, and most of the time and. 
hey, you know, if they can't get them going. I, I think another factor is, you know, th- this offense is still, like Trevor said, th- they weren't that different against Carolina. It's just they were playing a worse defense and didn't turn the ball over as much. To be fair, like, it, there were also just a lot less of those stupid BS penalties. Ex- I yep, mean, exactly. you didn't shoot they yourself in the foot. Yep, they cleaned it up. They absolutely cleaned it up. They didn't have a special teams turnover when the offense was about to get the ball back. Um, they didn't jump off sides on a on a fourth and two uh, on that on that fake punt. They didn't jump off sides and give Carolina a first down. They stopped the fake punt. Uh, so I mean, yeah, it's that's big. Um, but I just still think this Bucks offense is just not quite there yet, and I think that's the reason why I think it'll be a lower scoring game. And when I say lower scoring, I mean like. I picture both teams in the teens. I I don't wow. think this is going to be a very pretty game. I think at times you're going to be like, wow, this is boring because nobody scored for the past 20 minutes. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, I think you're going to see a fairly low-scoring game here. I think the Bucks' defense is going to play well. Uh, two other factors, and not many people are talking about them. One, the De- Denver. That, that altitude there, it's a real thing. Players yeah. deal with it. Shaq Barrett even said it may take them a few drives like to really get like acclimated to it. Yeah. Um, so players that struggle, I mean, I'm looking at like the offensive line, uh, all, like the Bucks' offensive line, defensive line. I think you're just you looking look at, at all the fat two, guys. It's cool. You can say it. I mean, pretty much. I mean, hey, we're no slim pickings ourselves, so <laughs> it's all right. Um but I'm looking at those guys and just they might struggle a little bit. So I think that's a factor. And another thing, this is the first time this season the Buccaneers are playing in front of fans. There's going to be fans in that stadium on Sunday. Yeah, a lot of people so don't know that, that. That's a factor. That's that it's different than crowd noise. Yeah, when you're in when you're back in your own end zone, it's gonna be maybe a little loud. And you, you the communication may not be as good as you'd like it to be. So um, I think that's a factor, and I just think both defenses right now seem a little bit ahead of each other's offenses. Yeah. Uh, so maybe not around the league because, like you saw, the Falcons score 39 points and lose, even though they shouldn't have. The Falcons the week before scored 30 points and lose. Um, I, f- I forget really who else scored. I mean, the Patriots scored 30 points, lost. Uh, so I, you know defenses aren't really ahead of offenses but it seems like with these two teams that's kind of the case so um low scoring game i think yeah you brought up the fans and um i I wanted to also kind of tack this on i don't know the number of people that the broncos are letting in their game i know dallas had a little over twenty thousand people in their stadium yeah it's not that (laughs) yeah it's i don't think it's going to be that but again even though it's not going to be a lot of people having real people there is much different Um, There was an NFL head coach, I think it was Sean Payton after week one, he had described the pumped in crowd noise over the PA speakers. He said, he said, it's like a loud cocktail party. Like it it really is not anything that's, you know, deterring these players or distracting them or interrupting huddles or play calls or anything like that. So even though it's not going to be a full stadium, it's a much different aspect when you've got real life people probably shouting obscenities at you, which I'm sure the recorded PA just doesn't really catch. But Let's take a look at this Buccaneers defense. I want to talk about expectations for Sunday. We're going to get into the weekly checklist. We're going to break this bad boy down and get out of here. 
So expectations for the defense. I think this one we don't have to go into as much detail because we hit the nail on the head. Uh, just expecting a big day. You know what I mean? Expecting a big day for this pass rush. Like, you're going to have to keep pressure on Jeff Driscoll, and I'm sure that in the process of doing so against the bad offensive line, you're going to see quite a few sacks. And um, I agree with you. I think Shaq Barrett, the man, he finally shows up this week. He gets du- – or not double digit. Jesus Christ, in one game. He gets a couple of sacks on the board, so I'll be looking forward to that. But definitely expecting a big game from this defensive line and uh, a lot of hits on the quarterback. Yeah, they're going to have to if they want to win. I, I think Jeff Driscoll's a guy who, if you just let him sit there, I think he's going to pick you apart. You let him just sit there. Uh, and I think that's most quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. You got to get him uncomfortable. I watched the tape, and Driscoll, man, whenever he gets pressured, he throws high. He always misses high. He missed two two curl routes. It was basically the same route. He missed it both because the Steelers just got in his face and both were high balls. Um, the one interception that he had wasn't his fault. Uh, it went right off Cortland Sutton's hand and into, into the defender's hand. He played a solid game, and the Steelers still got pressure on him. So the Bucks are going to have to find different ways to get pressure, I think. Um Blitz a little bit, maybe, maybe get more creative with. Oh, well, you know, they're blitzing. Your, your, That's, your stunts. I mean, and <laughs> at this point, you just have to expect it 60, 70% of the time. <laughs> your, you know, your, your, your stunts, your, your blitzes. So, um, and also, I don't feel like the defense took their uh, foot off the gas pedal, but it'd be nice if, like, if you get up like 17 to nothing, like, just let's keep it that way. Yeah. Um, I feel like the you know, the defense kind of played, and I think that was another factor. I think the defense realized Carolina was not going to score in like a minute against them. So Carolina, if they were going to score, it was going to take four to five minutes, they're six keeping minutes them on the field. So yeah, I mean they're just, they're wasting time. They're, that's all that was in the fourth quarter. They're playing zone, a soft zone. They're wasting time. A little bit too much for me. I think they should play more man, but whatever. Beggars can't be choosers, I guess. But uh, actually. Rep before you get into the weekly checklist, before all that happens, the injury report was released just now. Um, so we got uh, Scotty Miller was, I believe, limited today. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Chris Godwin, full participation. I think they just have to really keep him on here for this week. So uh, Scotty Miller, limited participation. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul is listed as a knee, even though it said it did not participate, which we remember either Wednesday or Thursday is normally a maintenance day for him. Yeah, he normally, normally has a vet day once a week. But normally it says it, so I mean, maybe it really is a, a vet day. Uh, Donovan Smith was limited participation with his knee. If you remember, Josh Wallace came in for a play and just got blown up. That's probably what that is. Uh, and then Justin Watson did not participate. So... Uh, yeah, right here, it looks like Justin Watson's definitely probably going to be out. Uh, Pierre Paul should be good to go. And then uh, I think that's it. I don't have the Broncos one up, but that's for the Bucks at least. That's that. that. Oh, hey, much appreciated. Appreciate the listeners getting an updated look at the injury report. So there is the latest one to come out. And um, pretty much the status of all of those guys we had talked about, I think the same as before. But we'll see what happens Sunday. So. We broke down this Denver team, went over some expectations for this Buccaneers team. Before we wrap things up, we do a little thing here on the game preview episodes. It's called the weekly checklist. And uh, it's three little things that I think the Bucs are just going to have to do 
They want to win this game. If they don't do all three of these, then they're probably going to lose. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's my list. Maybe I just want to say that to feel right. I don't know. But these are very important and I think sometimes overlooked. So let's get right into it. The weekly checklist. First things first, make your kicks. Um, Ryan Suckup made all of his kicks in Tampa Bay and Raymond James Stadium. And that was a feat within itself. Because I remember we talked on that game preview show about how obviously kicking in Raymond James can be kind of weird. Let's bring up the altitude again. It's a real thing. And, and I'm sure that it affects kickers as well. So uh, expecting Ryan Suckup to go in there and keep knocking him down just like he has been. He has been pretty good so far. So he's, he's got to make his kicks. Steven Goskowski missed four kicks uh, in, in the first game in Denver. So let's hope for a repeat. Let's not hope for a repeat of that. Oh, um, also, you, yeah, you, you like took my brand basically. That was going to be, you know, like my thing. Because um, I always say, like, you always say, was there any more? I say, make your kicks. I said the last two weeks. Oh, and I was going to say that, like, I, well, I'm taking credit for it. So, okay. uh, and All I was right. going to say basically, like, my thing is I'm always going to say, make your kicks until like week eight and then if he's like consistent then i won't say it no more but uh this is definitely a game that i think like i think it's gonna be low scoring so i think it's gonna be a tight game and you're right that a field goal a missed field goal a missed extra point that could be a difference between winner and losing right there absolutely second thing on the weekly checklist don't drop the damn ball um well, you know, it's we, simple yeah i know it is pretty easy sometimes can be overlooked like especially last sunday but i mean three drop touchdowns uh, three drop touchdowns it's points taken off of a board and, and just like evan had mentioned you know expecting a tighter low scoring game those points are going to matter um even if it's field position just hang on to the damn ball you don't need how much to... you bet they hit the jug machine this week oh my i mean how many times do you think they hit the jug machine this week like what do you think their number was before they could get off of it I don't know. I always wanted one of those. I always thought they were neat. Yeah. You practice it's, your it's one-handed probably, catch. Probably so expensive to get one. But, yeah, I always thought they were neat. Yeah, I mean, you know how, like, some like some baseball players have, like, the side of their house and they have, like, a net and stuff. Or, like, yeah. Like, a pitching thing. Yeah, yeah. I, just want, I just want one of those, but with a jugs machine. Oh, like, man. What, what, what is so wrong with that? I'm, I'm going to make that a goal of mine. At some point, I'm going to get a jugs machine at some point in my life. So, well, one day yeah, when I, I win the – Shady uh, McCoy, McCoy must have spent an hour after practice doing oh, that. Oh, so. man. Well, once I hit the lottery and I open up the Cannon Fire Compound, we'll come over. We got a bunch oh, of gyms. TB12 Nutrition will be sponsoring us. Gotta, It'll be great. We got to – yeah, we gotta like uh, trademark that name right now or something. Fire compound, some, baby. Yeah, we Hell gotta file. Yeah. We gotta file some some trademarks for that. <laughs> so let's wrap up the weekly checklist. We'll get into some score predictions. Um, number three, final thing on the weekly checklist. Unless you have anything to add, just don't fall asleep on this team. Um, I know we mentioned it, and you know I think this team, this Buccaneers team, is in a much better place mentally than they've ever been. Like, like truly and honestly, have you ever look been. At, if you look at well, not when they ever, were, when they but were I mean, twelve okay. and four and won the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. If you look at the Bucks teams of the last ten years, there we go. You know, we've talked about it endlessly as Bucks fans. You guys already know what I'm talking about, but this team just, for a long time, found a way to lose games, and and with any game this season, it just can't happen. But especially this Denver game, you know, we mm -hmm. brought up the injuries. It, this is a team that you should not lose to. This is a team that you should be winning by multiple possessions. So just don't go in there. Yeah, yeah, I said it. You should. With as beat up as they are, you should beat this team by 10 plus. I mean, 
I kind of agree, but yeah, I just don't see that happening. I mean, if they lose, uh, man, if if they lose, I would start to become real concerned that this team might not make the playoffs because this is the type of game that you gotta win. Yeah. I don't care if it's one if it's by one point and you win on a last second field goal, it's still a W. Like you gotta win. Absolutely, one hundred percent right. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is the weekly checklist for this week three matchup. Hopefully, the Buccaneers do all three of those things on Sunday and they come out victorious. Before we really wrap things up, we forgot to do it on the last episode, which was kind of weird. Like, I didn't really think about it. But, dude, we totally forgot. We got to do some final score predictions. <laughs> so, uh, so with that being said, Evan, I'm going to toss it to you. What is your prediction for the game this Sunday? Uh... So I've always thought that even when the schedule came out, I always thought this was going to be a low-scoring game. And even with Denver missing their guys and the Bucks getting Chris Gowan back, I haven't changed that. So, hmm. All right. I'm going to go really tight game. I'll just go 17-14 Bucks. I, I think it won't be a last-second field goal. I think the Bucks maybe they're up like 17-7 most of the game and Denver scores a late touchdown or something like that. Uh, but I just don't – I think the Bucks will have just enough, and I don't think Denver will have enough on offense. Uh, if a guy like Cortland Sutton was playing and a guy like Phillip Lindsay was playing, I think maybe even with Jeff Schreisko at quarterback, it would change my mind. But I just don't think they don't have nearly enough, and they fall just short. And I, I think the Buccaneers come out of Denver narrowly with a win. Uh, maybe the Broncos had the ball with like thirty seconds left, like thirty seconds left, and they're at like midfield or something. And you know, like last year versus uh, remember versus the Colts when the Colts had the ball, yeah, and you know they were they were sort of at midfield and they went for it on fourth down and they they got stopped, something like that. I think. Uh, maybe so close game, but I, I think the Buccaneers probably win. I've got a one score game, one that ends a little bit differently than yours, but I do have the Buccaneers coming out victorious 24 to 17. And I think they win this game kind of similar to how they tied the knot up last week. I think we see a last second Leonard Fournette touchdown. He comes so you think in. It's, it's 17 all. Yeah, 17 part? all. Bucks get the ball 24 17 and then at that point it's either game over because it's you know the last drive of the game or Denver gets the ball for 45 seconds and the defense goes out there and plays prevent really well and then stops them from doing anything at all but I do have the Buccaneers victorious 24 to 17 and I will kind of reason with you you know I I agree I think this is going to be one of the lower scoring games we see of the season I think the altitude is a big part of that we talked about how this team's going to have to adjust in game to how they do things. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I think it might cause them some problems at the beginning, but I think they ultimately bring it up at the end and come yeah, out I the winners. I think Denver, Denver might take the lead in the beginning just because yeah. I think the Buccaneers might still be getting a little bit used to it. So Absolutely. But with that being said, I've got the final score 24-17. to 17. You've got them winning. I've got them winning. Hopefully everybody listening has them winning. But if you have your own score prediction for this Sunday, go ahead and drop it down in the comments below if you're checking us out on YouTube. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire podcast. Thank you so much for checking us out on any of our podcast outlets or watching us with video over on YouTube. If you're doing that, 
make sure you click the subscribe button and turn on that little bell icon so you get notified every single time we release content. By the way, we got a lot of content coming to you guys this season. Every single week, we're going to be uploading four times. We've got our Monday episode after the game. Tuesday, we got a new Bucks break going up. Thursday, we've got the game preview edition every single week. And then Friday, I'm going to be uploading some special hype videos for that week's game. So I've kind of, you know, gotten back into the habit of, of doing some video editing, and I've really been having some fun. I'm sure you guys have seen some of the highlights that we've released already. They do really well on the channel, so I'm looking forward to doing them every week. And the Broncos one is going to be coming out tomorrow, so keep an eye on that over on our YouTube channel. You can find the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast, basically the number one place to get caught up on the show, and of course, any Buccaneer updates as well. Another great place you can find Buccaneer news updates is my co-host Evan on Instagram. You can follow him at Bucks underscore daily, and then you can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. You can find myself on Instagram and Twitter at Reticus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S, just for anybody who doesn't know how to spell it. And if you follow me, I'll follow you back. I am Rhett Matthew, signing off for my co-host Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you guys Monday after the game. Go Bucks! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 